You're listening to the Westchester Podcast, an official podcast of the New York City Church of Christ. prayer before we get into the word. Father, uh, we are so grateful that we can have a relationship with you. Thank you that we could be here to worship you in such a beautiful space. Uh, I pray that you're with our, our brothers and sisters, uh, not just that are camping, but all across the, wor- the world that are praising you uh, this day, that are here to worship you, to honor you. And uh, we just pray that we can live our lives in a way uh, that pleases you. That we live in a way that, is, uh, that, that has integrity, that we live blamelessly. We love you, and we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So, recently, there was uh, this big to-do wedding that, that happened. Some of you may have watched it. All right. The royal wedding. Uh, we finally have a spy on the British side. We've infiltrated successfully. So... Yeah, phase two. It's a, you know, they're going to have to, anyhow. So that's going to happen. But I wanted to throw the question out. I know that there's not a, a lot of, a lot of the, the, uh, the youth here, they're, they're also away, uh, camping. But I, just, just a show of hands. Who here grew up wanting to be either a prince or princess? Huh. All right. You know what? I expected more hands to go up. But to be fair, I kind of understand why someone would not want to be, right? I mean, you think about it, like, your, 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 your face is in the public, you don't have the same kind of privacy, and then there's the responsibility and the weight that comes with having to be a leader, right? Having people watch you. You know, those of, you know, I, I, and I, I was trying to think about, okay, so why do people want this? Like, why would somebody say, yeah, this is what I want? And maybe some of those same reasons. They like the, they want the popularity or, uh, you know, maybe in our, our modern romantic idea of saying, the, oh, because they fell in love. You know, so my dad always said this to me. He's like, TJ, it's just as easy to fall in love with someone rich and powerful as it is to fall in love with someone who's not. Fatherly advice, right? That's, that's how he does things. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, so uh, who knows what the reason is, but I, I can, like I said, I can understand it, you know, because once you, you step up and you say, okay, I'm, I'm in charge, I have some sort of power here, then the tough questions start coming. The questions of things like, well, what kind of ruler am I going to be? How am I going to govern my people? And if you know anything about the Old Testament, you know that there's some great kings, but there's a lot more not-so-great kings. And uh, you sit there and you're like, man, I I don't know, but I know I don't want to fall into one of those camps and uh, be immortalized in the Bible forever as the guy who could not take care of his people. Right? I mean, that's that's not what you want your your reputation to be. And uh, so... I, I was uh, studying and I was reading this psalm. Actually, the first time I read it, I was in college. And it blew me away. Blew me away. And to be able to, to read it now and uh, have a little bit of a better understanding of it than I did at first, uh, there's a lot that I didn't realize or a lot that I didn't know. You know for example, Psalm 101, which is what we're going to be reading today, that's going to be our text. 
this, uh, this passage, you know, probably, and maybe this is just me, like when I read Psalms, I don't, I don't automatically go to the place of how is this Psalm used in the worship, in the daily worship life of the people of Israel? How was it? You know, today we, we think about the songs and how is it used in our daily lives where we sing along, right? That's how most of our, our psalm worship goes. Sometimes we read them. Sometimes we pray them. But this psalm specifically was actually used like an oath of office. It was a way for kings to be able to say, this is the kind of ruler, the kind of man that I'm going to be. And you see, it touches on two main aspects. It talks about what kind of person this ruler, this person will be in their personal lives, but also how they're going to be with the people that they have influence over and what their expectations for them are. And so I just want to read this psalm, and then we're going to break it down a little bit. We're not, we're not going to be... Uh, you know, super long today because I think the, the Word of God speaks for itself. I know it, it does that every week. Um, but, but hopefully uh, we'll walk away with some great things today and uh, you'll, 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 you'll have in your mind, okay, this is what I know the Lord is calling me to today. And so Psalm 101, it says, of David, a psalm. And uh, if, if you're uh, your translation, by the way, if it reads a little differently, uh, that's not your fault. Uh, there's no way you would have this translation. This is something that I translated after, you know, many hours of studying. They're very similar, so you should be able to follow along. But it says, of steadfast love and judgment or justice, let me sing to you, Yahweh. Let me sing praises. I will understand the way of completeness. When will you come to me? I will walk in the integrity of my heart in the midst of my house. Not will I set in front of my eyes any wicked thing. The committing of transgressions I hate. Not will they cling to me. A crooked heart will turn aside for me. Evil I will not know. The one who slanders his neighbor in secret, his destruction, I will cause. One with arrogant eyes and a greedy heart, him I will not endure. My eyes are on the faithful of the earth, that they may dwell with me. One who walks in the way of completeness, they shall serve me. Not will he, will he live in the midst of my house, the maker of treachery. The speaker of lies will not be established in front of my eyes. Every morning, I will destroy all the wicked of the land, cutting off from the city of Yahweh all who practice evil. That's an intense psalm, right? But it's this kind of intensity that you would hope from someone who leads you or from someone who's a part of your life. Because what you see here is someone who takes his role and his place in this world or her place in this world 
very seriously. And I don't mean like seriously, like, oh, like you never have any fun, you don't laugh. But they understand that the way that they live their lives is going to impact the people around them. That it's going to have an influence on them. And so because they know that they've been entrusted with such a great responsibility, they know that this is not something that they can just say, oh, well, if it happens, it happens. Too bad. Right? And you look at this, and it it starts off very, very simply. And it says, of steadfast love and justice, let me sing. That let me sing is more of a, it's not like, oh God, let me do it. Like you're asking permission. But it's a, God, I can't help but praise you. I can't help but honor you. That is the very foundation of the type of man, the type of woman that I am going to be in the way that I live my life. And so he sets that before. It's just like, all right, I want to make sure that, that everyone knows the foundation of my life the foundation of my leadership is praising God. And I can't help but do so. And it makes you sit and think for a second. When you, when you really look at your life and what your life's about, what you spend your time doing, what you spend your effort thinking about, this is something that uh, you know, I, I heard in when uh, Ryan Irby came and he preached to the teens and he said, look, you base your life around whatever you spend most of your time thinking about or pursuing. And so you see the heart of the man here is, God, you are the thing, you are the being that I can't help but think about, that I can't help but praise because you are the foundation of who I am. And it makes us have to sit and think, well, what is mine? What is mine? And this is an important question to think about because similar to biblical times, we live in a society that does not have a, I'll just say, a concrete moral standard. Now, the nation of Israel did have a concrete moral standard. They, they had the laws of the Lord. But when we're talking about you know, the, the Gentile world and uh, during the time of Jesus, people basically, they lived however they saw fit. You read you know, the beginning of Romans chapter 1 through 3, you'll see that, that the Scriptures are speaking specifically to this idea that people basically have decided, well, I can live however I want. I can do whatever I want, and it's fine. Not realizing or not thinking that, that, hey, when we don't have a code that we hold ourselves to, something goes wrong. Something breaks down. And there even, you think about it, it's Memorial Day, right? You know, Memorial Day weekend. Even secular Places, right? They have a code of conduct. They have a way uh, that they know that they should live, that they need to live. For example, the army. The army's motto is very simple, very short. just says, this will defend. This will defend. Meaning that they are a collective effort to defend 
America's mission. They're here to protect us. The Marine Corps, Semper Fidelis, always faithful. That's their way of saying our motto, our thing that we are, are basing ourselves around is the fierce dedication and loyalty to the corpse and country. And that's something that for them persists even after they leave the service. The Air Force has a nice call and response chant. There's this aim high. And the response is fly, fight, win. The Navy right now, I don't want to say anything bad about the Navy. My cousin was in the Navy. Their, their motto right now is America's Navy, uh, which is great. But before that, you know, they're, they're still searching. They're still searching for a new one. But there used to be a global force for good. A global force for good. And so it goes back to that question I asked before. What kind of man or woman are you going to be? What are you going to base your life around? What is your motto? What is your code? Because if you don't have one, you're going to drift through life and you'll end up, I mean, causing, you know, you'll end up harming the people around you. You know, a code of integrity, it, 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 it places us, it, it, it anchors us to something. It means that you stand for something. It means that you've said, this is what I am about and nothing that anyone does is going to change that. And that's exactly the same, same fervor, the same faith, the same standard that God is calling each of you, each of us to today. So let's break down some of the specific things that this king, because I think it, it fits well for us as the type of men and women that, we're gonna, that we need to be if we're going to be followers of God, if we're going to praise Him. And we're going to take some time just to think about it. The idea of this psalm it, it basically it shifts between two main themes. And the themes are love, <clears throat> praising God's love, and God's justice. And our imitation of these aspects of who God is. And so he starts off talking about uh, someone living in the way of completeness. Does that, uh, does that mean anything to you guys? Walking in the way of completeness. I am complete. Come on, guys. I, I know we're all tired today, but you can't give me, can't give me a little bit? A little bit? What, what, what does it mean to walk in the way of completeness? It means that you're like, I am going to be complete. <laughs> Don't overthink it. Come on. I know sometimes we throw out these like fancy big words and stuff, but God wants his word to be understood. He wants us to be able to get him. These are not fancy concepts. They're very practical. Basically, it's a commitment to walk in the way of completeness. It's saying God is whole. God is one. God is he is not lacking in any way, shape or form. He always knows how to handle himself. He always knows what to do. He lives righteously and nothing will ever call his, cause him to deviate from that. He doesn't need, he is God. Now, we as people will never, never reach that standard, right? We're not perfect. We never will be perfect. 
But setting it out there like that is a way of saying, this is what I'm setting as my standard. I will live my life, God, following you, trying to be complete as you are. And when I fall short, well, then I know that I'm going to own up to it. I'm going to take responsibility for it. I'm going to grow from it. And then I will become more like Christ today than I was yesterday. Right? Simple enough. We've heard that before. We get it. Right? But there's, there's this determination that you hear in His words. I will do this. This is something that I must become. It's not wishy-washy. It's not, ah, well, maybe this sounds like a good idea. I could be like this. And I think a lot of times, we as people, we end up deciding just by not saying that this is something I need to do, this is something I must become for God, we end up pre-deciding that we won't be that or that we can never live up to that. So we never go after it with the determination it takes to really transform ourselves into Christ's image. And I know I've, I've been there before, right? How many of you have set a goal before that at the beginning of that goal, you said, nope, there's no way I'm going to reach this. Right? Maybe you, didn't, maybe you didn't voice it aloud, but there was a part of you that felt that doubt. There was a part of you that felt, no, no, I'm not getting there. And so you see this determination that you, you hear in the psalmist's voice. He's saying this is this is not this is there's no room for discussion. We're not, we're, you know, and I, I understand that the world works in a little bit of gray. But when it comes to us deciding this is how we're going to live my life, you know, this is how I'm going to live my life. Sometimes it helps to just get rid of the gray. And just say, look, I know I can make an excuse right now, but God, you've called me to this and it doesn't matter. I am going to make this happen so long as it's within my power. And unfortunately, without that attitude, that's part of the reason why many of us don't actually end up changing in the ways that we would like to. Because we don't first seek God. We don't, under, we don't rely on His strength. And then we don't say, God, no matter what it takes, I don't care how hard it is, I'm going to be different. I'm going to be more like your son today than not. And no matter what challenges I have, no matter what fears, what insecurities, they don't matter because I know that you're with me and I know that you want this to change in me. And so I will never give up. There's a fire. There's a fight and an intensity that comes with that. That's a striving. And so he continues in that train. Not will I set before my eyes anything wicked. I mean, you almost hear, right? You think about the, there's, there's a, a, a passage in Matthew where Jesus is preaching to people. It's called, you know, a portion of the Sermon on the Mount. And he talks about how if anyone even looks at, a, at, at, a, at someone lustfully, that they've committed adultery in their heart, you, you almost see that, that, that same idea, that same thought is, if this is wrong, if it's wicked, I don't even want to be around it. I don't want to see it. I don't want to look at it. Because that's not of the Lord. Now, we're not talking about people here, right? Because we all sin. We all fall short. We're not, right? That's how we go. But in terms of having that heart of, 
I will not take part in this. There's zero, a zero tolerance policy for this in my life. Right? Because we know that's how it goes. That's why the scriptures say, don't give the devil a foothold. Because as soon as you open the door a little bit on that kind of stuff, it just, it doesn't work. And so that heart of nothing, I won't tolerate it. It's going to get out. And not only that, you know, he goes on and he talks about how, you know, not just, not just what I, you know, not just the things that I do wrong, but if somebody else is slandering someone else, if somebody else is talking bad about someone else, then I don't want to hear it. And you know what? I'm actually going to put a stop to it. I'm going to get involved. And I think that's something that as we as a congregation, as we're continuing to grow and mature, and as we fight because we're a family, right? Having that attitude, having that heart of, God, I'm not going to stand for someone saying something bad about my brother or sister, even if they deserve it. Because sometimes we deserve it, right? There are things that I do wrong that you guys are going to be like, well, TJ, you deserved it. <laughs> you actually did mess up. Yeah, I did. Come talk to me. But talk to me. Don't talk to somebody else about it. Talk, talk to me. Right? How many of you would prefer that if something went wrong or if somebody had a problem with you, that they just come to you and don't talk about you behind your back and talk to somebody else about it? Yeah, I, I know you don't, you don't have to raise your hand right now because I'm just going to assume that all of you feel that way. All of you want that. And so this call to be men and women like that is thrown out. This code that he calls us to live our life with. And so his, his eyes shift. They shift away from the things of this world and they shift towards the faithful of the earth. That they may dwell with him. And that he will allow himself to be taught by others who are walking in this way of completeness and trying to follow God. And then we see here at the very end, and we're, we're just going to kind of close out here in a second. But at the very end, he says, every morning, every morning. Now, I want you to, to stop for a second and take, take a few moments. I'm going to give us a, a few moments of silence and prayer. And better yet, we're going to be taking communion. So you can use that time as well to reflect on this. But I want you to finish that sentence. Every morning, I will blank. Every morning, I will blank. Because it's not enough to just say, Okay, this is the code that I'm going to live my life by. Right? If, if somebody who, who is a president who is taking an oath of office and they came up and they said, this is the kind of president that I'm, that I'm going to be, if they just make that promise one day and do nothing else with it, if they don't go back, if they don't look at it and say, well, am I living up to the commitments that I made? Those of you who are married, you think about your wedding vows. You can go back. Hopefully you still remember them, you know, and go find them before your, before your spouse finds out if you don't. Just go look back and think. Those were made for you to look back on and be able to say, am I living up to the code that I promised that I would? And if you're not, it's okay, right? We all go through periods like that. 
But the question becomes, okay, if today's a new day, every day, am I going to recommit myself to what God has called me to, to what I've promised Him? So as we pray in a second, as, as we're going to take communion, um, do, do, if you do not have a communion cup and are in need of communion, you could raise your hand. Our ushers will bring a communion cup to you uh, so that you can have one, that you can participate in the communion with us. But as we close out, I, I, and, and I want, want to ask this question to you, what is your code? If you were to write this song, it, Psalm, if you were to write it about the type of parent you are, the type of mentor, the type of leader, boss, the type of friend that you are, what would your code say? What would God want your code to say? And I think sometimes it's hard to kind of boil it down and and maybe at different points in your life, there's going to be different things that you need to emphasize. Different aspects of a walk with God because you can't sum up all of who God is in, what, eight verses? Yes, eight verses. You can't do it. But you can say, this, this, I know that this is the kind of man, the kind of woman that I want to be, that I need to be, God, that I will be, that I must be, so that I can live a life of completeness. So as we pray and as we take the communion, let's reflect on, on the one who, who doesn't leave us to have to figure this out on our own. And if you're sitting here and you're wondering, I don't know what I want my, my code to be right now. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm new to this whole Jesus thing or, hey, I've been around for a little while. I feel stuck and I'm not sure what I should say, okay, that I'm, I'm committed to. Then thankfully we have a lot of people in here who are more than willing to sit down with you. Find, find the person who invited you or go to a good friend and say, hey, what do you see in me? What do you see in my heart that needs to change? Or what do you see in me that I should be committed to right now? That I should set as my goal, as my aim to help me on my way of completeness. So let's go to God in prayer as we take the communion. Father, we are so grateful for you. How much you love us. How much you care for us. Please, God, transform us. Help us to live according to your word. According to your code. So that we can have the determination, the faith to be able to say, God, this is who I know I must be. You know, the thing that 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 really struck my heart the most about the first time that I read this psalm was I realized that David would not let me in his presence if he lived up to this code. And I was already a disciple at that point. I was already trying to follow you. And so to see that and to see, wow, it was a wake-up call for me that I knew I needed to be different. And I knew that you were calling me to something more. Now what's incredible is I know that there are awesome men and women of God in here. Men and women who love you, who are striving and doing everything they can to follow you. And even for them, God, it's great to have something short, something small, something written down that they can hold on to as they're going about their day saying, this is who God is calling me to be today. 
Because I am going to commit to you more today, tomorrow, the next day, so that when you come to me, Lord, when you come, because I don't know when you'll be here, I'll be able to look you in the eye and that you'll say, well done, good and faithful servant. We love you and we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. You just listened to the Westchester Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit westchester.nycocc.net.